All right, good morning, everyone. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm going to say a quick prayer. This is the, the class on Proverbs, the topic being the fool. So hopefully that's what you're here for. Um, let me pray, and then we'll get started. Um, Father God, we, yeah, we thank you, praise you for this morning. Um, thank you for gathering us here together. We thank you for your word. Um, yeah, and, and help us as we specifically study the topic of, of the fool in Proverbs this morning and the wisdom of Solomon passed down um, through your word to us now. Um, Lord, help us to leave folly behind and to seek wisdom, um, especially the wisdom that comes from um, your scriptures and your gospel. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. All right, so I thought we'd start off with sort of like a definition. Um, does anyone want to give me... Just what, what would you say, what's a fool? Anyone want to throw a definition out? Someone who doesn't value wisdom. Somebody, yeah, good. Someone who doesn't value wisdom. Any other definitions of a fool? Someone who doesn't listen. So your children? No, I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> um, children, being fools in a minute. Um... Yeah, so, so I looked up um, Merriam-Webster's dictionary says a person lacking in judgment or prudence. Um, and that's probably what you'd get if you ask someone off the street, hey, what's a fool? Um, the 1828 Noah-Webster dictionary, which Ben Robin is a big fan of for some reason. He, he enlightened me that this is a great dictionary. Um, and it also will use uh, definitions in relation to scripture. So one of their definitions um, says, in scripture, fool is often used for a wicked or depraved person, one who acts contrary to sound wisdom in his moral deportment, one who follows his own inclinations, who prefers trifling and temporary pleasures to the service of God and eternal happiness. Um, so I think that's a more complete definition of probably what we uh, are seeking to dive into this morning. Um, as we know, the book of Proverbs is... Uh, wisdom literature. It's written by Solomon. Um, Solomon was the son of David, and so um, surely Solomon would have learned about foolishness and wisdom from his father David. Um, Psalm 14.1 says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And so as, as believers, uh, foolishness, we can't uh, get away from the concept of how does this person relate to God in terms of how we define what foolishness is. Uh, I thought we'd, we'd take a couple chunks just right from the beginning of Proverbs um, just to get kind of a, a clearer definition. So if I could get two people to read, um, we're, we're going to be in Proverbs 1. Someone could read verses 1 through 7, and someone else grab verses 20 through 33. 1 through 7, and then 20 through 33. Josh has got 1 through 7. Proverbs 1, chapter 1. Someone else grab 20 to 33. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Oh, Chris, 20, start, start in 20. Oh, start in 20. Yeah, verse 20 through 33. Yep. Wisdom cries aloud in the street, in the markets she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets <clears throat> she cries out, at the entrance of the city gate she speaks. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Keep going. Yeah, keep going all the way to, to the end of the chapter. Okay. Um, because I have called you, I have called and you refuse to listen. I have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I also laugh at your calamity. 
I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, so I think, you know, at the beginning of Proverbs, Solomon is laying out sort of what his, what his intentions are here. And he's obviously contrasting wisdom and foolishness, folly. Um, and there's a lot of echoes, I think, to Psalm 1. You hear um, even in, in the beginning of Proverbs, um, Psalm 1, the first couple of verses, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Um, and so you kind of see these different simple um, scoffers, fools. Um, and it's not just that they are ill-informed and, and ignorant. That's part of it. Um, but we see here um, that fools despise wisdom and instruction. Um, they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. So there's like a willful rejection uh, here that's... Um, that's part of what it means to be a fool. So I came up sort of with a working definition of the fool um, as one who rejects God and lives in rebellion to his ways, his instruction, and his wisdom, and reaps the consequences of his folly. So I'll read it one more time. Fool is uh, one who rejects God and lives in rebellion to his ways, his instruction, and his wisdom, and reaps the consequences of his folly. Um, I will read another little passage from, uh, this is Proverbs 2, 20, um, through the, the beginning of chapter 3. Again, this is just a reminder of why Solomon wrote this to his son. Um, so you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous, for the upright will inherit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. My son, do not forget my teaching, let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find good favor and good success in the sight of God and man. And so, you know, Solomon loves his son. He wants his son to be wise. Um, he wants him to know the Lord. And life is going to be better if he walks in wisdom and not in folly. Um, I thought we could divide um, this into kind of four different categories of fool. Um, and uh, because we're at Delray Baptist, they all need to start with the same letter. So um, we're going to use the letter S. So we have um, the simple, we have the sluggard, we have the stubborn, and the scoffer. So again, that's the simple, the sluggard, the stubborn, and the scoffer. And um, we started, um, Laura and I have been reading Little Pilgrim's Progress to our kids uh, at night, and we just came across this section last night. Um, so I thought I'd read it to you because it covers a couple of these. Um, so speaking of Christian on his journey, it says, He was walking on with his mind full of these things when he saw just before him three young otters lying on the grass by the side of the road. He stopped to look at them as he passed, and then he found that they were all fast asleep and that their feet were bound together with bands of iron. The day was very hot, and they had foolishly turned out of the path and had laid down to rest for a little while. The servants of the wicked prince were always on the watch for careless pilgrims, and as soon as the lads were asleep, they had hastened to bind their feet, so that unless the king himself sent someone to help them, they would never be able to take another step toward the celestial city. Little Christian felt that it would be unkind to leave them lying there, so he went up to them and called to them. You'd better get up, he said. This is not at all a safe place to sleep in. Don't you know that someone has bound your feet together? Then one of them, whose name was Simple, answered without even opening his eyes. What is the matter? I don't see anything to hurt us. Do let one have a minute's peace. But little Christian said, I am sure you are in great danger. Make haste and let me help you undo these irons. The otter who lay next to Simple was named Sloth. And at last he sat up and began to rub his eyes in a sleepy way. He looked at little Christian, but he would not listen to his advice. 
What is the use of disturbing us? He said, just go on. I shall be coming soon when I have had a good rest. And the third otter called presumption said, surely we can do as we like. If we choose to sleep in a dangerous place, it is our business, not yours. So go on your journey and don't meddle with other animals. Then they both lay down again by the side of Simple, and in a few minutes Christian saw that they were all sleeping as soundly as before. It was of no use for him to waste his time over such idle, foolish otters, so he was obliged to turn away, feeling very sorry that they would not listen to him or believe that they were in the power of the wicked prince. Yeah, so timely uh, reminder for me last night as I was preparing for this. and I love how, if you guys haven't read Pilgrim's Progress, highly recommend it, and even start with the, the children's version because it's amazing. And, um, but it's just the way he personifies these, um, these characters, these types of fools, is, is very helpful. Um, so we're, in, we're now going to take a deeper look at these four different types. Um, and the way we're going to do it is just kind of walk through Proverbs and read all the Proverbs that talk about that specific type. Um, and then, yeah, if you have thoughts, comments as we're reading through it, just feel free to chime in. Um, so we will start with the simple. Um, this person is not committed to wisdom. This person enjoys living in their simplicity. Uh, they drift. They're not sure what to believe. Easily swayed by others. Easily led astray. Lacking sense. Uh, in contrast to some of these other types of fools, there, there seems to be some hope for the simple. Um, they're not as hardened in their folly, um, but this is kind of the natural state of, of all people is, is um, yeah, simple folly. Um, the simple need correction out of it, and the call to them, as we'll see, is to repent, to learn, and to turn and leave their ways. Um, in Proverbs 1, we already read part of this, um, the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. Um, and in one twenty-two, we already read that as well. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? So there's there's not just you know knowledge ignorance, but there's sort of a heart affection that needs to be dealt with here as well. Um, could someone grab Proverbs seven, verses six through nine? Go ahead and read that. Yeah, so this is Solomon speaking about to his son about how to avoid the adulterer and the seductive woman. Um, but you see here the simple, um, also spoken of as lacking sense, he is going very close to where he should not go. He, is, he thinks he can deal with temptation and play with fire and not get burned. Um, but as we'll see, um, he's going to get burned and... Um, it's not going to go well for him. So could someone grab eight uh, Proverbs eight four and five, and then someone else get ready with Proverbs nine four through six. Good. So again, the f- this this simple one is one who needs to learn prudence, needs to learn sense. So there's things they don't know, they need to learn. Um, and that's the call to them. That's what wisdom is calling out um, to these simple ones. Someone grab nine, four through six. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. If anything lacks sense, she says, come, eat my bread and drink of the wine I have missed. Leave your simple ways and live, and walk in the way of insight. And then in contrast to that, I'll read this one um, at the end of that chapter. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there and that are get. Her guests are in the depths of Sheol. And so 
you see like they're, they're both calling the same thing. You have wisdom calling to the simple, whoever's simple, let him turn in here. Um, and you have folly saying the same thing, but they give him very different advice. Um, to, to the simple wisdom says, leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. The woman folly says to the simple, stolen water sweet, bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Like continue in your sin, like you will do well, there's pleasure here, continue on your way. I'm not calling you to leave anything. Um, and so, yeah, I think you see a lot of this in our culture in terms of, you know, people being encouraged to just follow their heart's desires um, and not like calling someone out of, out of a, a bad pattern of living, calling someone to think that you need to turn, like turn away from that and run. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll get into some discussion on application of this. Um, someone grab... 14, Proverbs 14, uh, verses 15 and 18. Or you could just go ahead and read read 14 through 8 or 15 through 18. Go ahead. Yeah, so the simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. So there's, there's in some sense like this idea of like them being naive um, or just not thinking well through things. Um, and it says the simple inherit folly. I mean, like it's like that's just sort of what they, what they are born with. They're, they're simple, they're naive, they're just going to believe anything because they're not thinking well through that. Um, and you'll see in a, in a minute um, when it t- speaks of children, you know, it's like, hey, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, like the rod of discipline drives it from them. So in one sense, like, yeah, we're all born as, as simple fools. Like, we'll believe anything. We will um, not act in wisdom. We need to be instructed in wisdom. We need to be corrected out of folly um and so just a reminder to us all that like yeah we're not naturally wise um that doesn't just come to us just over time like we need to be instructed and corrected in that um someone grab proverbs 19 verse 25 Yeah, read that one more time. Break the scoffer and simple will make prudence, for prudent man of understanding and will gain knowledge. So I found that interesting. Like, why do you think the the scoffer is the one who's struck, but the simple is the one who learns there? Like, why why do you think that is? Because it doesn't say the scoffer learns prudence, and we'll get to that in a minute. But um, could be that they're yeah they're just they're they're so ignorant they see someone being corrected out of folly and they learn from it um we'll learn in a minute the scoffer is is someone that's so hardened in their their foolishness and pride and arrogance that often correction does not work for them um but like we said before there there does seem to be some hope for this simple fool that like with instruction with calling this person to repentance, with them seeing others being corrected and, and disciplined, that they might learn something. Um, any other thoughts on that? It makes me think about my children. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them is being disciplined. There's always, I have four of them, there's always at least one that doesn't need to be disciplined because they've witnessed what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Not for me. Yeah. 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 Like, (laughs) 
you know, it's, it's wise to learn from other people's mistakes, right? Like you see and you're like, oh, I didn't know. I saw what happened to this guy. I'm going this way instead. And when they know the standard's not going to change right. for any of them, that helps as well. Yep. So, yeah, a lot of us have to learn the hard way. We have to learn uh, through being struck ourselves, whether that's like, you know, physical discipline from our parents or just the consequences of making poor life choices. Um, but yeah, we might learn prudence if we can learn from how other people uh, have made poor choices. I think too, Justin, the, um, I think on a, in a church sense too, we talk about church discipline. So I've, I've been at churches in the past, or I'm sure people either by experience in here or by hearing of situations where there's a, some sort of a scandal or some sort of a, a public sin or a, a known sin and leadership in some places we'll be tempted to say, I, I don't think that would be good for the congregation to know about that. Mm. So let's kind of let's kind of sweep that under the rug. Let's handle that internally, um, because that that would that would be good for everybody to to hear about that or to know about that. And certainly, I, I mean, there maybe there are situations, but I I think biblically, I, I think what we do whenever we're encouraging a, as a congregation for somebody to turn from their sin, one that's that's you're you're trying to. That's the scoffer you're trying to turn. Yeah. And yet, it, it's good for us as a church to see that and to be reminded of the seriousness of our sin, so that the simple among us can say, "Oh yeah, I want to. I need to turn from that. I need to not wander down that path too." Yeah. So I think that's a. That's a, in a. You know, we don't always think of that, but you know, members' meetings and things like that, where these kinds of things are are being discussed. It's certainly a, a message to the to people involved, but it's also a message to all of us to kind of take serious sin, take serious yeah. gathering of God's people, take serious, you know, all the things that we're committed to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can see sometimes, like, someone's, like, way down a path that you're at the beginning of, and you're like, you see where the end is, and you don't want to be there. And so you, hopefully you learn prudence, and you're like, I, okay, I don't, I don't want to end up there, but I can see now from where this person ended up, that's where I'm going unless something changes. And so, yeah, pray that God would, <laughs> would use those things to teach us so that we learn the easy way and the wise way. Um, Proverbs, could someone grab 22, verse 3? Kind of along the same lines that we, we were just talking about. Yeah, so it's the same kind of idea, right? So the prudent person can see far off, like this, this situation is dangerous, uh, playing with the sin is dangerous, the simple does not, like just unable to recognize where they're headed, um, and so they're going to have to suffer and, and learn through suffering. Um, any other thoughts on the simple as you read all those passages before we move on to the sluggard. All right, we'll keep going. Uh, so the sluggard, um, this person is lazy, always has excuses for their laziness and suffers for it. The sluggard thinks he is wise, but will reap an empty harvest. Um, so we're going to go, we're going to flip back and we're just going to keep, keep working our way through. So um, Proverbs 6, um, 6 and 9, or go ahead, 6 through 9. And so, yeah, this, the sluggard, sort of like the simple, is like not paying attention to what's going on around them uh, in the sense of learning from the way God created the world, learning from God's created things. Like, look at this ant. Look how diligently these ants work and prepare. Um, they're working during the summer because they know winter is coming, so they need to store up. Um, and yet, 
the slugger just sort of apathetically laying around, not going to worry about it, not going to deal with it. But when winter comes, verses 10 and 11, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. So, yeah, this person is going to reap the, the fruits or lack thereof of their lack of labor, um, and they'll, they'll have to suffer for it. Proverbs ten twenty six, And then if someone else could get ready with Proverbs 13, verse 4. So 10, 26. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the slugger to those who send Yeah, so what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, as is the sluggard to those who send him. Because he won't, he won't go. He's not going to get it done, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. So, something stinging and painful and bitter. Um, this, the sluggard is not a good employee. The sluggard is not a good servant. The sluggard is not a good family member. Um, they're, yeah, they irritate and sort of provoke other people by their laziness. Uh, Proverbs 13, 4. Yeah, so it's sort of this irony, right? Like, there's a there's a craving, but but there's also a craving for sloth. You know, there's a craving for like I want stuff, I need stuff to get done, um, I need to eat, I want to buy things, um, but but they're not willing to to do what it takes to to produce those things. Um, While well, the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Now the diligent has cravings too, but um, is able to put those cravings to productive use. Um, Proverbs 15, verse 19. So yeah, what do you think that one means? The way of the sluggard is like a hedge of thorns versus a level highway. I think to me it's like obviously a hedge of thorns is painful and obstructive. Um, a level highway is level and easy to to walk on. And so I think, yeah, this one rebukes me just when I'm I procrastinate and you know, kick the can down the road on things, and um, it makes life harder when you when you push things off and um, makes things more difficult when you don't. You know, whether that's things you're supposed to get done at work, taking care of the house, like maintenance on things in your home, your vehicle, like you know, like the diligence to just like stay on top of those things, like pays off. It's a level highway. There's there's a smooth road ahead uh, versus just like ignoring forgetting another day another time like that stuff piles up and it makes life thorny and difficult proverbs 1924 Yeah, so, I mean, that's just, <laughs> I think, Jason, you preached on that. Um, and, yeah, that's, it's, it's pretty shocking that, you know, you, I guess you could get to that point. Um, but I, it's just sort of like hyperbole of like the extreme, you know, sloth that, that we can get to in our sinfulness. Um, Proverbs 20, verse 4, I'll read this one. Um, kind of similar with what we were reading in chapter 6. The sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will, at har- he will seek at harvest and have nothing. 
Um, again, you know, the sluggard does nothing in preparation for the future and then is surprised, goes out to harvest. There's nothing out there. I guess he's surprised for some reason. But like contrast this to like Joseph, right? So when Joseph had interpreted those dreams for Pharaoh and then knew like, hey, there's a famine coming, right? So if Joseph had been a sluggard, a whole nation would have been wiped out. Like the reason Israel prospered and was able to survive was because of the diligence of Joseph. He saw like what, seven years off that a famine's coming, you're gonna need to store up like so his faithfulness to be wise and diligent and like be like the ant like before the heart like before all this stuff is necessary like store it up um saved an entire nation of people and so i think that's to me is just an example of like we think sometimes like something's small you know but i mean there's massive effects to like how we we live our lives um and work to the glory of god Um, proverbs 21 25 And then 22.13 after that. The desire of the sluggard kills him, but his hands refuse to labor. Mm. And so, yeah, it's interesting. It, it says the desire of the sluggard kills him. I think we would think of it as maybe lack of desire, but there's obviously, there's an, we're always ruled by desires. I don't think we can be ruled by lack of desire. So what do you think it is? Like, what's what's that desire that the... That Solomon's getting at there. Just ease. Yeah, just being at rest, not having to exert. Yeah. Um, how about twenty-two, verse thirteen? A desire too. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel that <laughs> I feel that temptation daily, you know. It's like around the house. Finally got the kids to bed, house is a mess. I'm just like, ah, I don't want to do we really have to do the dishes and pick up all this mess or can we just rest, you know? Or maybe if I rest, Laura's going to do it. Um but yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I think we have to fight against that. And I think it's especially like we in our culture, we're kind of like a feelings and how do you feel? Like if you feel like doing it, you should do it. If you feel like you have some energy, go ahead and do it. But if you don't feel that way, then just don't do it. And this is not asking you to interpret your energy level or how many B, B vitamins you took that day and how caffeinated you are. And it's like, not just like be just diligently, like <laughs> get things done. Um, yeah. Proverbs twenty two thirteen. The sluggard says, "There's a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets." So the sluggard has has excuses, like terrifying excuses, why they can't do what is being asked of them. Um, seems to be able to justify why they can't do it. Um, could someone grab twenty four thirty through thirty four? Yeah, I don't think there's a real lion. It's just saying like, ah, there could be a lion out there. Like, I, I, I better stay in, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more of the second. Yeah. 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 I might get a little bit wet. Yeah. 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 And that cloud could have lightning in it. It doesn't look like a dark cloud, but it could theoretically. Yeah. There could be. Yeah. 
Um, could someone, yeah, could someone get 24, There's your yard work analogy, Josh, right there. Um, but yeah, and, and but the wise like sees what you know sees this type of fool and receives instruction, right? And so, um, yeah. Whereas this the sluggard obviously does not receive instruction even from his own vineyard and his own field being broken down and covered, and like they're not the sluggard is not stewarding the resources and you know, property, possessions, like, that he has been given. So he's not, he's not helping himself, but he's also not able to be fruitful for others, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just something that's like, well, you know, because the work that we do and, the, you know, the jobs that we have, they're a blessing to others as well. And so now because the sluggard has not taken care of his vineyard, no one can enjoy the fruit. Like, he will not prosper, but... If, if that happened everywhere, like there would be no economy. We wouldn't be able to like provide goods and services and, and all mutually benefit. And so on like a macro level, you can see how that plays out as well. Yep. Just something I thought was really interesting is that verse uh, 33 and 34, um, that's a routine. Yep. Um, and so I just think it's really interesting that that those exact, exact phrasing is in Scripture twice. Mm. Hmm. So there, there's some emphasis there, at least just in, in reminding us that our tendency toward being a sluggard, um, this is how things will work out. You know, it's yeah. important that we take note of that. Yeah. And I think it, it even goes back to, I mean, you read here, the ground is overgrown with thorns, covered with nettles, the stone wall is broken down. I mean, you think of what the curse was in Genesis 3. Um, to Adam he said, because you've listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat of the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken your dust. So, like, work is good, but it's hard. It's harder than it should be because of the fall. And, you know, like, we have to fight against that. We're still called to do work. We're still called to sweat and to toil and labor. Um, but, the, yeah, the natural, if we don't, things are going to break down and, and grow weeds and thorns and, um, until the Lord comes again. Justin, can you talk about, a little more about poverty being personified like a robber? Hmm. Um, I mean, I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if what he's getting at is the fact that it's like it's going to happen to you suddenly, almost in a sense, like a robber and an armed man. Like, like all of a sudden you're going to wake up one day and you're like, it's just poverty and want mm -hmm. because you've because of your sluggishness. Like yeah. suddenly, like you're going to find yourself in a place where you don't have anything because. So sort of like that harvest and now like you didn't plant anything, you just laid around mm -hmm. and you come and it's fall or it's harvest time or whatever. And all of a sudden, poverty and want, like, coming on you like a robber. Like, you didn't expect it, but it showed up, and now you have nothing. Does that help? Yeah. yeah. Um, Proverbs 26, last one on the sluggard. 26, 16. Yeah, and you'll see this with the other types of fools too, but for some reason the sluggard thinks he's wise. He thinks it's going to go well for him. He thinks other people are fools, I guess, relative to him uh, or her. I'm just using him because that's how it's, <laughs> it's described here. But um, yeah, there's an, there's an arrogance here uh, that needs to be corrected. 
Um, let's move on to the stubborn. Um, and again, not all, it's, people don't necessarily neatly fit into one of these four categories, but it just helps um, in the way that Proverbs describes them to kind of look at them this way. But I'm sure all of us and others are, are mixes of these. So the stubborn fool kind of loves his folly, loves flaunting his folly. Um, and yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. Proverbs 10, um, verses 8, 10, 14, and 18. Proverbs 10, 8, 10, 14, 18. Yeah, so you see here, there's babbling, there's uttering slander. Um, so so this, this fool can't keep his mouth shut. Like he's, he's just running around talking, <laughs> causing relational damage. Um, and so there's something about being wise to just keeping your mouth shut, keep your thoughts to yourself, um, don't expo- <laughs> expose your folly. Um, 1023, I'll read this one here. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. So, yeah, it's, it's foolish to take sin as a joke. Um, and we know, yeah, on the last day, like, they will not regard it as a joke. But they do now. Um, Proverbs 11.29 So, so for some reason, the fool is going to end up being a servant to the wise, maybe because they're not diligent, maybe because they run their mouth and get in trouble, but like they can't be entrusted with responsibility. Um, Proverbs 12, 15, and 16. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. The vexation of a fool is known at once, but yeah, so there's something about just being off on your own, thinking you know everything. Um, that's actually foolish. Like if you're if you're on an island and no one agrees with you, especially in the church, <laughs> you may want to reconsider um, what you're thinking about. Um, how about 16? The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. What do they mean by that? The vexation of a fool known at once. They wear their response on their sleeve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so again, like just sort of a lack of control. Like they don't have self-control in the sense of like being able to control how they respond with their words, with their emotions. Like this person is just sort of ruled by passions. Proverbs thirteen sixteen. Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool flaunts his folly. Yeah, so there's something also that's just arrogant about the way that they're they're doing things. They think they're wise, they want to show it off. Um, they're not acting in knowledge, but they're flaunting it. Um, that was Proverbs thirteen sixteen. Um, fourteen three and fourteen seven. Uh, verse 7 in that chapter. 
go. So they're going to receive harsh consequences for the words that they use because they're unable to control how they speak. And then also we're exhorted to stay away from these people, not listen to their words. So to some extent, you know, be careful what you're listening to, what you're watching, um, because it may be entertaining, but we're not going to gain knowledge uh, just by listening to fools. Um, 15.5, Proverbs 15.5. I'll read this one. A fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. So again, a fool is rejecting the wisdom of their parents. Um, the fool rejects the wisdom of others. Proverbs, can someone grab 17, 10 through 12? some pretty strong language there. I mean, a rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. And let a man meet a she-bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. So there's something like really dangerous. I mean, you think, like I put you in a room with a grizzly. We just took her cubs away. It's not going to go well for you. You're going to get torn up. Um, and so... I think we, we don't think of it as that dangerous. Well, it's just words. It's just, you know, entertainment. Um, it's just a hot take on a topic. But um, being around fools in their folly, according to Solomon, is extremely dangerous uh, and harmful. Um, and then also fools don't receive rebukes. Like you can rebuke them and apparently 100, 100 blows, it's not going to go in very deep. Go ahead. I think the, the dangerous thing about listening to fools is that eventually, if you listen to them enough, you'll become like them. Yeah. And you'll eventually go down their path too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's like, what are, what are we listening to? What are we watching? You know, what what are the inputs that are that we're soaking our minds in? Um, so I think that's that's a good warning to for us to take home. Um, and just to be aware of, like, all right, there's foolishness all around us. Like, we need to, like, the default is foolishness. Like, wisdom is something that has to be sought out and is precious and rare. But the default is foolishness. So just be on guard um, about that. Um, Proverbs, I'm going to skip forward a little bit, 18.2. Yeah. So, yeah, how much of this do we see just in in our day? Social media, 24-7 news cycle. Like, there's not time to, to seek understanding. We don't really want understanding. We just want to get someone's, like, instant hot take, takedown opinion. And usually the more outrageous someone's take is on something, the more attention it gets. And so that's where, it, like, you know, in a viral Internet culture... That's where we go. And there's not really a lot of interest in seeking understanding, like slow, like let's get more information. Let's figure out what really happened here. Nope, let's just have a hot take. I don't really care about understanding. I just want to give you my opinion on this. doesn't matter if I'm wrong. The, the, the news cycle, everyone's attention will have moved on to something else by the time we figure out that I was not right. Um, and that, yeah, that goes both ways in terms of, you know, people's political leanings and which stations they watch. I mean, I think we just have to be cautious about our, everything is moving at such a high speed that, you know, this is, this is what we're usually going to get. And, and the incentive structure is built that way. Or even like thinking about thinking twice before you give someone your personal opinion. Right. Like, let me think on that. And yeah. Or pray about it even. Like yeah. 
Well, what's interesting about that too is like people who don't speak often, when they do, people value their input more because they're like, this person's not running their mouth all the time, but when they do, it means something. And so I'm gonna actually listen and, and take that to heart. Um, yeah. Um, Proverbs 19.3. Yeah. But wh whose folly was it? <laughs> it was his folly. Um, but he rages against the Lord as if, you know, it's the Lord's doing that he was living in folly. Um, Proverbs, let's do 20, verse 3. So it's, yeah, someone who's always fighting, always looking for the next argument to have, the next takedown, Proverbs would say that that person's a fool. Like, it's good to, to stay away from strife. Now, there are times we need to make an argument, but we shouldn't be seeking them out. Um, Proverbs 23, 9. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the good sense of your words. So there's something about just, yeah, having good sense and exposing maybe their lack of good sense, but a fool's going to hate you for that because you're exposing maybe the way that they're thinking is not wise. Uh, there are more verses on this type of fool, but I want to kind of move on to the scoffer so we have time for some questions and discussion at the end. So let's move on to the scoffer. Um, one who arrogantly and pridefully stirs up trouble, refuses reproof and correction. Uh, we actually get a good definition of the scoffer in Proverbs 21, verse 24, if someone could read that. Yeah, so again, we get, we get the double down on arrogant, arrogant, haughty, arrogant pride. So this person is arrogant and prideful um, and acts, acts in that pride all the time. Um, Proverbs 9, 7 through 8. Can someone read that? So you, you try and correct a scoffer, and they're not going to be corrected, and they're, they're going to come after you, um, and you're going to get injured. And so the instruction here is don't, don't reprove a, scoff, a scoffer, which is kind of interesting. We would think, shouldn't we reprove everyone? I guess if you've discovered someone's a scoffer and they will not be reproved, you're wasting your time and energy. Um, save that reproof for someone who will receive it and be corrected by it. Um, Proverbs 14.6. So he seeks wisdom, but he, he's unwilling to really humble himself to understand where wisdom actually comes from. Um, it, this kind of reminds me of like Romans 
where it's like or it's Romans or First Corinthians, claiming to be wise, they became fools. Um, I believe that's Romans one. Um, Proverbs fifteen two. I'll read this one. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. Um, th- I have more verses on the on the scoffer, but uh, we'll we'll stop there and go into a little application. So, kind of have a couple applications for us as we think about fools, the wisdom of proverbs. Um, the first one would be, yeah, just to repent of our own folly and to seek wisdom. So, I, as I was reading through this, there are ways in which I need I need reproof. Um, <laughs> Sluggishness, you know, arrogance, pride, like those are all things that we're all going to deal with even as believers. Um, So when you come across that, like we need to repent, turn from those things um, and seek wisdom. Um, Being on guard against folly in the culture. Uh, We've talked about this a little bit. I thought I would read Tim Challies um, has a blog and he he sort of wrote a um, how would folly design social media according to folly. And so... Um, I would read this to you. It says, The fool's social media would emphasize what is shocking and outrageous ahead of what is true and good and pure. Proverbs 26, Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I'm only joking. The fool's social media would make no qualitative distinction between opinions and wisdom. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding but only in expressing his opinion. The fool's social media would emphasize the hasty spread of rumors and gossip ahead of the much slower spread of verifiable facts. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. The fool's social media would incentivize responding to insults with insults. The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. The fool's social media would encourage rash words instead of well-considered words. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And he had, I mean, he had more. Um, but obviously, we need to think about wisdom and folly as we engage on social media. It's not saying you can't use it. It's just saying as you go out there, like foolishness is sort of rewarded and cultivated and gets more attention um, because of how how the media is designed um and so yeah be thoughtful about are you using words that stir up strife are you seeking understanding are you just seeking only to express your opinion um there's a proverb that i'm going to read uh whoever meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears I've been guilty of that. I mean, I'm on these like orthodontic Facebook groups and we get into these like really nuanced discussions about things, but it's like, you know, some people are arguing and I'm like, I'm going to, let me get in that fight. And then it's, you're taking a passing dog by the ears. Like you're, stay away from that. You know, like there's nothing good for you wading into a dispute. You're just going to get bit. You may get rabies. Um, (laughs) And that's not fun. Um, I think for parents, um, you know, the rod of discipline drives folly from children. Um, there's hope for our foolish children. Um, obviously, we need the Lord to change their hearts, but there's also just exhortation in general from Proverbs about, like, discipline, uh, instruction, correction. Um, yeah, so any thoughts? Um, one question I had is, you know, do you guys have thoughts on how should we evangelize fools? And does it matter which type of fool we're, we're dealing with here in terms of our, our outreach. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. you're emotionally charged in it, that you should participate in it. Right. And I think it, it may be the kind of thing where we don't, we don't know where someone's at. We have to start engaging with them and then sort of see how they're responding, and then that might dictate where we go from there, right? Yeah. I was even yeah, just thinking that listening to this, uh, that there may be ways that we ourselves don't see some of our own blind spots. Yeah. And would be it would be helpful for us even to grab, you know, friends and say, Hey, you know, I, I listened to this lesson today on 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 wisdom and folly and the different ways that people can be foolish and here are a few of those and just your your input mm. on me, what you see in me. Uh, and are there ways that you might help me see some of my own blind spots so that I can walk in a way of wisdom um, and yeah. not be yeah, not be foolish in ways that I don't I don't even see in myself. Yeah, and that's like uh, the proverb that says, you know, like the wounds of a friend are better than the uh, yeah. like the kisses. the kisses of an aunt. yeah. So basically like a righteous man will be corrected and a humble man, like, like, hey, I'm asking you kind of to wound me a little bit. Like, I'm going to take off my armor. Where am I foolish? You know, I know you're going to do this in love, but, you know, I, wa- I want to be reproved and corrected and, and be more righteous. So I think, yeah, that's a good, good application. helping them to see like not just coming in to like absorb the consequences sometimes like we learned through like suffering the consequences but helping them connect the dots like hey this, these are the things that led you here so if you don't want to end up here again let's address these things and like we're going to help you um, but yeah we don't want to see you here again but if you keep living in these foolish ways like I don't why would you expect anything to change you know but ultimately like yeah, we need Christ. Yep. Uh, I was thinking of this whenever you read um, 1026, like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the slugger to those who sent him. And just thinking of Christ as the sent one of God, like mm. that, just that language of, of you know, the, the one who is uh, is lazy to the one who sent him is an irritant, just a reminder of yeah. both, like, praise God that Christ wasn't the slugger and what he was sent to do. And then... He sends us. Like yeah. the language is used of us being sent, and so like, how am I going to follow Jesus in that? But then that just, I, I started thinking, like I, we probably go through all these references, and I think in all of these we see both what Dish was saying, right? Like, oh my goodness, like inward looking, confessing my own sins, where are my blind spots, and yet seeing how Christ like fulfills uh, the that, wisdom. And I'm yeah, just, I mean, without even turning, I'm just looking at the same page in my Bible. Um, Eleven twenty nine. Whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind, and the fool will be a servant to the wise of heart. Is Christ called the servant? Did he come mm. to serve? Like that's that's exactly. Uh, I flip one page. This will be the last one. Um, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to his advice. The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. Did Christ yeah. ignore insults. How much? Yeah. Did Christ listen to advice from his wife? So I think we could probably look at all of these and see yeah. ways that we're both failing in that and yet by God's grace wanting to grow into the likeness of Christ who perfectly embodied those. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. I was just going to say your question about evangelism, one of the things that came to mind was uh, 1 Corinthians one eighteen: the reward of the cross is folly to those who are perishing and quest for being saved is the power of God. Mm. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will forth. And so I think just, there's this understanding that even those who are apart from Christ today hear the message as foolishness itself. Mm-hmm. So whether we're engaging with somebody who has demonstrated themselves to be a fool or a sort, or, or not, the reality is uh, the message that we bring seems foolish, but we need to trust that word mm-hmm. and do its word. Um, yeah. That will be a can-do. And so I think just how do we evangelize? Just be faithful and do it. That's a good word. 
is humbled <clears throat> because we see our own foolishness and our need for Christ. And so then when we approach the other fool, we don't approach it as like we are the rescuer. Mm. We approach out of a humble heart, but just right. seeing our own folly and just points to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, like Christ rescued me out of folly. Like I didn't get there on my own. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let me pray. Um, Lord, we thank you for, yeah, your word. Um, we thank you for all the wisdom contained in it. Lord, we pray that we would be diligent to study your word and to pray and meditate on it and to do it. Um, Lord, we thank you for calling us out of foolishness. And Lord, in the ways that we continue to live foolishly, would you correct us and um yeah, by God's grace, help us to live wisely. Um, Lord, we thank you for the ways in which Jesus lived in wisdom uh, and not folly. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would give us discernment as we as we go out into the world to evangelize and disciple among fools, and um, that we would do so humbly um, and seeking your Spirit's guidance. In Jesus' name, amen.